0: Welcome to FI Talk, your go-to podcast for all things related to achieving financial freedom in Canada. Here's your hosts, Tom and
1: Brandon. Today, we have a special guest with us, Sai Lee. Sai, you are crushing it right now, flipping for profits. You are one of the guys that went all in on this niche, and it's really cool to see you put out a ton of great content that I think has us as brokers really you know, following along, downloading a lot of your, your pieces and your resources there, but you're also gaining a lot of market share and something that not a lot of people are focused on right now. So welcome.
2: Hey, thanks for having me here, guys. Happy awesome. to have
1: you. So yeah, like, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world right now? What are you working on? Where is the energy and focus going to and what brought you there?
2: Absolutely. So what's going on with me currently is that I am, um, I'm putting a lot of energy and time right now into my coaching business. So it's growing, it's scaling really nicely, uh, putting a lot of focus and time there. Um, I also have my mortgage business that's still running at uh, full operations as well. And then I, on a, I'm on actually kind of a new adventure as well. But I'm not trying to, you know, move and chase all sorts of shiny objects it's just something that's going to complement very well with my coaching company and that's going and buying and flipping houses like in the us virtually as a
0: canadian in my pajamas so (laughs) i love that that's a cool catch line man that's catchy and so like if we go back what was the first venture you started was it mortgages first or did you flip houses first got into mortgages and then started the house flipping business I actually was a full-time real estate investor first before I got in the mortgage industry.
2: Yeah. And it, you know, it's interesting because when you're a full-time real estate investor, you look at the business from the outside. So you only see stuff from what you hear from realtors, mortgage agents and all that. What's cool about the mortgage business is this, is that when I got in the mortgage business, I felt like I got front row seats to everything, you know, (laughs) like I got to see how people reacted to, interest rates moving, uh, how people thought, like what their mindset was about buying and selling, how realtors were operating and all that, and, and how people manage their money and what they actually do with their money as well. So, and, and as a mortgage agent, like I had to basically pay attention to what's going on in the market as well. That's a big difference. Real estate investors, they're always looking on the outside. It's like, hey, I just want a good deal. You know, they have no idea what's going on. And this is why a lot of people in the last 12, 18 months, like they got creamed. As right. soon as the market changed they got creamed because they are always looking on the outside so i was actually an invest first and then i got my mortgage license if i was to do it all over again though i would have chosen the other way around i wish i was a mortgage agent first before i was a full-time real estate investor because i think that by having the skills as a mortgage agent it's crazy i almost want to call it an unfair advantage it's like <laughs> because yeah. through the mortgage business you're going to become a way better entrepreneur you understand all the financing pieces and all that and it makes you a way more dangerous real estate investor.
0: I love sure. that, isn't it? Isn't it cool how like every business primes you for the next adventure because it's like you're gaining all these skills and the fact you have that insider scoop as a mortgage agent you you kind of see the moving pieces. Maybe you have like I would imagine having like those product those key relationships with private lenders probably really helps you with the flipping as well, right? Oh, 100%. Yes. Because even as a a
2: full-time real estate investor, when you don't really understand the financing side of it, you don't understand why the banks won't do this house. (laughs) You don't understand why or how the deal is really structured or how it's going to close. And that's the weird piece. You just have to kind of depend on somebody to give you that information. But it's also really hard to find an investor-friendly mortgage agent who actually knows how to put together creative deals and that's actually what brought me into the industry as a mortgage agent, because I was trying to find that person. And every time I called up a mortgage agent or a bank, they were like, Hey, side, do you want the best rate? You know, I was like, no, I don't want the best rate. Just show me how I buy more houses. Like teach me, teach mm-hmm. me how to scale because I'm a real estate investor. I'm not a mortgage agent. I'm looking for your expertise. Couldn't find that person. So I said, screw it. I'll go and make a commitment to go get my own license and I'll figure out the financing piece. But I didn't just, I just didn't realize that being in the margin industry was so intense. Like it required a lot of your time and energy as well, right? like, okay, cool. But it's also also an amazing industry because you can make a lot of money doing it as well.
1: For sure. And I like that, that you couldn't find the person. So you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to become that person. Exactly. (laughs) And you know what? You are so right. It is such a different lens to look at files now and look at deals and say, okay, well, I know that this person might be a little distressed or having another property and they need this to close. So it gives you that bit of leverage in your offer. And as well for when you're putting together those offers, you know, kind of banks, ABC, and then your Hail Mary play. If those don't work out for where you're going to place it, you're not relying on one person to kind of have their strategy, you can see the, the whole playing field, which is awesome.
2: Exactly. I mean, you can almost pretty much see what the exit strategy is going to look like already because you have the financing skill to back it up. And it's like, okay, I know exactly where this is going to go and how this is going to, how I'm going to get out of the deal and how I'm going to make money doing it. Right. Whereas you, when you're a real estate investor, if you don't have that, you're looking on the outside, you're basically just praying that things are going to go your way.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it's an interesting timing wise for, for launching your program and all of this right now, because I think a lot of people are hesitant and scared of this flipping business. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, if you told people to do it, they'd be, Oh yeah. Hoorah. All in right now. People are a little bit, a little bit frightful in, in some circles.
2: And I'll tell you what, I don't think anybody needs to be uh, afraid of it because my style is number one, we go flip houses using none of our own money and we don't own anything anyways. So How do we minimize our risk? Well, I like flipping. And the way we minimize our risk is because our time in the market. That's how we minimize our risk. We're going to be in, out quick. If you were going to go out and you were going to do like a burr in this market right now, yes, I would be afraid for you. Okay. (laughs) Because that's a longer process. You're going to be in the deal six, nine months. We don't know where interest rates will be six, nine months from now. We don't know where values are going to be. Yes, I would be very afraid for you but when you're fixing and flipping, you know, we're going to be in and out quick. And a lot of times, like I'm doing a lot of wholesaling assignments, stuff like that, where ultimately I don't even take on the risk. Somebody else's.
0: I see. So you have a whole other component there. You're, you're wholesaling as well. eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm
2: going to do in the U S in my pajamas.
0: (laughs) And are you focused just on in Ontario?
2: I've always just been investing in my backyard like Kitchener World of Cambridge. And so when I started, I thought that I had to cast like a huge net all over Ontario. I'm like, gosh, there's no deals in my backyard. I got to go cast a huge net, waste like four hours of my day going and looking at houses and stuff. And I'm like, no, no more, because it just wasn't very time efficient. So I said, screw it. You know what? I only I, I made a hard rule and it said and it was, it was something like this. If I had to drive more than half an hour, or 45 minutes, I just don't want the deal. So, because I, I truly believe that you can find deals anywhere in in, in Canada, if they're everywhere in yeah. your own backyard. As we talk right now, I bet you any money, there's somebody out there putting a nice real estate deal as we're talking right now, and it's probably happening in your backyard. So, I said, you know, it's not efficient for me to be driving four or five hours out to go look at a house. Deal doesn't go through. I'm driving back four or five hours. I wasted a whole day. So all of my investing has been right around kitchener Waterloo, Cambridge, right in my backyard.
1: Awesome. And how did you find these kind of partners? You, You mentioned a lot about you're not using your own money, you're using someone else's, you're spreading the risk that way. Was that just from the investing community or how did you go out and seek these other players?
2: Yeah, good question, Brandon. So it's funny because I started this 10 years ago, right? And 10 years ago, all this stuff would have been foreign to everybody. Like, what the hell are you talking about, Cy, OPM and using other people's money? Like, it's, it's illegal. It's, everybody told me it's illegal. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, so I st- I'm an old school cat. I started 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, we didn't have, like, Facebook wasn't what it was today. Social media wasn't what it was today. I was literally keeping everything on Excel sheets. Plus, I wasn't exposed to the mortgage business. I didn't really actually know how to sell and market, right? And so for me, it was really all about going out to face-to-face networking events, um, calling people, putting out stuff that made people call me <laughs> so, so that I would grab their information down. And I'd be like, hey, you know, what are you buying? What are you looking for? Do you have money? Um, do you have cash in two to three days? Or do you have to wait for financing? Whatever that might be. And I literally built my list on an Excel
1: sheet. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I imagine that's co- quite a database to look at now. I don't know if you've migrated it to a CRM or something like that. but to, to Not see,
2: even.
0: It's still awesome.
2: in an sheet, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Like Being exposed to the mortgage industry and just like how smart the people are in their industry around sales, marketing, building CRM systems and stuff. Like, dude, Brandon, my gosh, I would kick my ten-year-old version of me's butt all day long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Knowing what I know
1: now, and um, I'm sure ten years from today, you'll kick your your present. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So, for for those listening, like, how, can you take us through a like the whole process of like acquiring a deal and flipping? Like, everyone understands like what house flipping is, but maybe just take us through like an example of of the steps involved in it. Sure. So I'll give you just kind of like the high level overview. Right? Yeah. The
2: idea is this, look, uh, number one, if you want to find great deals, you're going to have to find them off market. Okay. You're just going to have to. And the reason why is because uh, if you're buying on market, you're going to be competing with the world. Somebody will always pay more than you. Okay. <laughs> so I'm getting them off market. I've built a pipeline of leads where I get them all off market. Right. And then now it's my job to negotiate with the seller. That's a skill on its own to be able to negotiate with the seller. Most of my contracts, I put $10 as a deposit. Okay. So what? yes, really? 10 bucks. Okay. Go on. That's insane. hundred yes, percent, man. I just had a coaching client literally uh, put another property under contract in Hamilton. Okay. 10 bucks. Okay. $10 because it's all the strategy behind it. That's how, that's why 10 bucks works, right? If you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to be able to put 10 bucks on a deposit. So anyways, now that I got the property under contract, ultimately I control the property now. So now I get to decide who do I fix and flip it? Do I close it? Do I use JV money? Do I need someone else's money? Do I use private money or do I flip it to somebody else and collect a quick profit? What's it going to be? Or maybe I do a bird. I don't know, but I don't even think that far ahead or make it that complex or complicated yet until I, I actually put it under contract. And then I will decide what that house is going to do because I always believe that every single house you buy, they, it should have its own business plan. Uh-huh. right? Okay. So if you're like, Hey, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to have anything to do with the house. It's like, you know what? just want to make a quick profit. Don't want to have anything to do with the house. Cool. Call a guy like me. I will buy it from you and I will pay you a nice assignment fee or whatever for it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And so what kind of team are you running with this? Like, are you doing this all on your own or do you have some background people in place that are helping you find these deals, helping put them together? Obviously, I I don't know if you're out there swinging the hammer on uh, any renovations, but can't see your pause from here. (laughs) <laughs> well, I can tell you this, Brandon, I, you know what I own for tools, man? I own one of
2: those, uh, like $20 yellow Walmart bags. Okay. Yeah. It's like the handyman is emergency ones that you keep in your car. That's what I own for tools. And I think I own like a level and a, a drill gun, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how handy I am as a real estate investor. You know, my wife makes fun of me all the time. You're like, you're the worst real estate investor ever. You own like no tools because I don't renovate anything myself, man. If you buy it right Then you just hire the right team, right? Buy it right and hire the right people because they will get the job done for you. And they're way better than you at renovating houses, anyways. Time, you know? Yeah, I mean, that mortgage is going to come up like all the time. You're going to pay it every month. Like, time is money, man. Mm -hmm. You go try to do renovate yourself, do all the work yourself. You're going to be sitting on that property for a very long time. And then now you have to actually calculate and see. What did you actually make on the deal if you actually put hundreds of hours into renovating it yourself?
0: Yeah, I, I would be the same way too. I, I would just I would rather use my brain and my knowledge as my tool and leverage others who are specialists in doing that sort of stuff. Because then you're not in the weeds doing the renovations and wasting your time. You're on to the next deal. Um, so I 100 I love that. And man. if you so if. What Can you give us an example of like your, maybe like the most recent deal you did, like for a straight up flip or, or something like that. So we can kind of see some numbers. Yeah, actually the last one that I did, it wasn't a flip. I ended up keeping the house. Okay.
2: So basically the way it worked was like this. So somebody brought me the deal. And at the time when I bought it, the, like, it was like a townhouse, right? And so, you know how townhouses, when you're in a subdivision, they kind of like, they're all kind of like worth the same. You know, there's not that much variance because everything's the same, right? So anyway, somebody brought me the deal. It was, at the time, it could easily appraise for like 640,000 bucks. And I put it under contract for 500. And I think it was like, I don't even remember. I think it was like 505 or 500,000, something like that. Okay, So I had like $140,000 of immediate equity just right there on the buy, you know what I mean? And uh, so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, to be honest with you, I thought the market was gonna keep taking off. So I was like, you know what, I'll just, I'll just close it. Like I'm not even gonna flip this one. I'll just close it. And at the time the mortgage business was on fire. It was so crazy, man. I was like, okay, I don't even have time to figure out how I'm going to close this or what to do with the deal because the mortgage business was insane. So anyways, I ended up closing the deal. By the time I closed it, I had like $140,000 of equity. You know, like I could have easily, seriously just slapped a sign on it the next day call the realtor and say, you know, just put a sign on it. And I'll just, even if I pay the realtor, I would have cleared six figures. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. And yeah. so what were like, when you're making that deal with the seller, I, I know a couple of the pain points, but maybe you can walk us through, like, what did you tell, or what did you discuss with the seller for them to actually let that go for 140 K less?
2: Well, it's, it's crazy. Cause so the seller, they are, how do I say this? They um, needed the money <laughs> to basically pay a lawyer for some kind of shit that they were in. So I just put it right. that way. <laughs> right. Yeah, and They needed to sell. So just, yeah, it's as simple as that. It's just like, yo, I really, really need the money because
0: I've got something bigger right now I need to deal with. Yeah, but it always comes down to there's there's going to be something that they they have uh, going on in their life that they need to sell, like something urgent, or maybe they're a hoarder and they're embarrassed to list it on market. And they're like, you know what, we'd rather just sell it privately at a discount versus put it on the market.
2: Exactly. Like all the houses that I buy, all the great deals that I get, it just, you know, I, I always look at everything and I say, not everybody wants to sell with a realtor. Okay, let's be real. We live in a freaking real world right now. Everybody thinks that that people always want to sell with the realtor, but no, not everybody. Sometimes people are just too embarrassed to sell with the realtor. Maybe a realtor rubbed them off in a wrong way. I don't know. But then a guy like me comes by and just says, yo, don't worry about it. Like, how much do you want? I will close whenever you want. I'm buying cash. You're not going to have to show it to anybody else and just leave everything behind. I'll take care of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Cool. Sai. I'll sell it to you. Perfect.
1: Yeah. And are, so are you door knocking for those? Like, are you driving around neighborhoods and like looking for kind of distressed properties and knocking on their door? or How are you finding these deals? So I actually
2: um, like I coach clients on how to find these houses as well. I have 33 different ways that I use to find houses and they all work. Like they all work. Uh, some of my methods are like, I'll, I'll share one with you. Okay. So here's one of my methods that I use is, you know, a lot of these real estate coaching companies are always like, yeah, you know, drive for dollars, waste a whole lot of gas because gas is very expensive <laughs> or, or go door knocking and waste all your damn time. I'm like, cool, go ahead and do that because the way that I do it is like, why don't I just make friends with the people that are already in those neighborhoods, the mailman uh, right. the Canada post guy, the UPS guy. And I'm just like, hey, since you're in these neighborhoods anyways, when you see a home, that looks like it's distressed, grass is long, or maybe you hear somebody that wants to sell their house. Can you take a picture of that house and send me the address, I'll give you five bucks. So imagine having hundreds of those out there looking for you all the time. Dude, that's genius.
1: I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> that's five bucks ever spent. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> exactly. How, like, where you do know, you see? guys going and putting door hangers out? And I'm like, yeah, that takes a lot of time, energy, and costs. I just go and hire the kid who wants to get some exercise. And I just say, yo man, see these door hangers. Can you go and put them all out in your neighborhood for me? And then they just go on and do it.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Love it. And like, so, okay, you have a property that you want to put on a contract and you mentioned something about $10 as the deposit. What are you, what's the strategy behind telling that, like getting them to accept a $10 deposit? It's a good question, Tom. I can't tell you that one, man.
2: You're gonna have to come to the coaching program, bro. As <laughs> the insider scoop, eh?
1: hey. folks people. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're gonna have to go to the coaching program. You're gonna figure it out that one, man. Okay, so what's the? Okay, so I'm someone that wants to join the coaching program. What does that program entail? Like, what does that look like on the inside? In you know what? Like uh, and yeah. Stuff? So on the inside, it basically looks like this. I've been, um, to you know, to be honest, I've been
2: tweaking it, upgrading it over time. Uh, one of the most interesting things I find about being a coach is that you actually learn a lot from your own clients. Okay, <laughs> you do. It's crazy. And so I've been tweaking and upgrading over time. When I started, it was really more of just like, hey, let's do a whole bunch of um, group coaching and stuff like that. And people would get videos and learn and all that. And then what I realized was that some people that I um, that I take on, and, and I love all my clients, by the way, I just didn't realize that They have uh, issues with something as small as, and I don't know if it's small, but something as simple as picking up the phone and talking to a seller. And I, you see, I totally miss that as a coach, because you got to understand I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years. And so for me to pick up a phone and talk to somebody that just seems like an everyday thing to me. But when you're coaching somebody who's never done that before, that's what stops them in their tracks. And they actually give up because of that. And so I've been upgrading it over time to give people way more access to me, to be able to talk to me and build training around things like that, that I didn't even think about in the first place. And so I give everybody a little mix of everything. They get like the group coaching, they get some video training, but they also get access to me and they get the one-on-ones and all that because my job as a coach is to figure out what is it that's holding them back? The real estate is all the most is all the nice stuff. It's like yeah, we use the real estate as the investment vehicle to make the money. But for me, where I'm heading towards, I think the most is that I would rather be, um, you know, like I think where the most value is going to be is transformation. That's that's where the value is going to be because if I cannot transform somebody into being a serious entrepreneur, I don't care how much real estate I teach them, how much financing, oh, I can teach them everything but they're never going to be good at it and they're never going to do the work. That's the problem. So that's kind of like the direction that I'm going uh, with it all.
0: Yeah. You have more of that accountability piece, which, which helps them get to that next step. So yeah.
2: 100%, 100%. Yeah. Even like some of the people I take on, it's like, I know they're coming from other businesses. I know that they have their full-time job and all that. And so I have to basically mold them into a person that knows how to manage their time. And how do they increase their productivity? How do they be like a high, um, highly uh, efficient person? Do you know what I mean? And it's, it like, it's all, all those skills that we often overlook so much. People just want to go learn the real estate. I'm like, great. The real estate is great. It will make you the money. But I got to turn you into the entrepreneur who can actually do the real
1: estate. Yeah, that's so true. And something about managing that time just made me think of something. So you've got the coaching business you have your own investments and then you're also a very successful mortgage agent so how do you manage all that time
2: you know it's funny they say that cuz uh, so my goal this year was I hired a productivity coach i think it was like january february i hired one because i knew that for me to get to the next level as an entrepreneur i knew that time was my number one thing holding me back and i would and i didn't want to go try to figure it out on my own so i said why don't i just find somebody who specializes in this. And I've been able, and it's all I've been working on for the last nine months, seriously, it's marketing and productivity, dialing down on those two skills. I've been at it for almost 10 months now. We're in November. I mean, we're in uh, September. And that's the reason why I'm able to do it, Brandon. That's the reason why I'm able to run a full-time mortgage business, a full-time coaching business. I'm an active real estate investor and I'm a full-time dad. Okay. So Every evening, like I take my son to his activities. That's a non-negotiable for me. You know, I don't serve clients in the evening when I'm with my kids. Right. I still am involved in all that. So when people tell me that they don't have the time to do something, I call bullshit. You know, it's like, trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. It's just like you got to learn what the hell you're actually doing with your time that matters.
1: For sure. And I I think that's something you pick up in time, like systems and and putting the proper team in place why don't we talk a little bit on team for the mortgage business what uh what are you running to keep that ship going smooth
2: well i'm fortunate that i uh i have a full-time underwriter and so i i guess i wouldn't call her just an underwriter like she's the fulfillment specialist the underwriter and i don't even know if there's a job title for it but you know the person that deals with the lawyer and all the stuff too
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: right uh um, oh and you know she's amazing collects all the documents for me um renames all the documents packages all up like all i do in my mortgage business is the discovery call and then what i do is i take that discovery call i summarize it in like a little we have a template we use so it gets summarized i send that to my underwriter she knows exactly what's going on now she goes okay i know what side wants to do with these people cool she reaches out and uh, basically asks us for the documents. So she's requesting all the documents, collects everything, underwrites it all, gets back to me and says, Hey, Sai, files done, build your budget sheet. Cool. I look at it, I build the strategy, the solution, budget sheet, video, boom, it goes out. Okay. And then uh, when the client buys, that's when I step in again, just to verify everything's good. Underwriter submits it all, does all the fulfillment, handles the lawyer, everything. And basically, just say congratulations. I'm typically in a deal from start to finish, maybe about two hours. Wow! From start to finish, yeah. And I and I only talk to the client maybe twice. <laughs> so I'm like the worst mortgage broker ever. Like I, I feel like I don't talk to the client at all until it's like it's done, you know?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So when are you handing that off? Is it kind of like discovery call and then she takes over?
2: Absolutely yeah. right, right, right then and there. Yeah. yeah, until until it's actually done, like the underwriting is actually done, and then um, and then I will go back and, and look at the file. Right, like even till this day, I have, I have no idea how to order an appraisal. Okay, no
1: idea. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> love like, that. You, My underwear
2: is away on vacation. I'm like, yo, man, you're gonna have to wait because I don't know how to order this appraisal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. so uh, yeah, but it's only because man, I'm lucky. Okay, like I I, I love my team they're amazing. And
1: it's the reason why I'm able to do what I'm, I'm able to do. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's a, that's a great setup. I'm, I'm pretty jealous over here. So. <laughs> yeah. awesome.
0: And so like uh, last question on the house flipping here, if, uh, is do you have any clients that have done multiple flips in a year?
2: I have um, they're mostly uh, like past and previous clients. So it's not that I, Like I've been, I've actually been coaching people for years and years and years, probably almost like five years now. I just never really made it like formal. And I'll tell you a funny story about why I started coaching. Okay. So I've been, because like, I've been coaching uh, clients for years and years and years, and they all made money. It was crazy. Like I had this one kid right now, he's probably like maybe 35 years old, started flipping just like I did, but he's a very patient guy. He's just like, Hey, you know what? I made enough. Money flipping. I know the whole system now. I get how this whole thing works. So I'm gonna start using other people's money and we're gonna go and buy rental properties. And now he's in his mid-30s, owns about five properties, and his style is this: likes to buy houses and chops them up into um, you know, like chops them up into duplexes, triplexes, whatever. Okay, he's all about cash flow. So, anyways, he's super patient, he'll buy like one property a year, like things like that. He's very picky about what he's gonna buy, and now where he's at is like he's making over $15,000 a month net income after all expenses. Wow. wow. Yeah. And then I've had another guy came to me and he, he was like, in so much debt. It was crazy when he came to me. He was like so much debt. He literally gave me like his last couple thousand bucks. I said, no problem. Let's go uh, rock and roll. Let's go flip houses. There's no need for you to put any more money in the line. Let's just go after the low hanging fruit, no money, no, uh, no money involved. Let's just go flip some houses. I don't want to expose you to no more risk. And so within like five, six months, he was able to clear out his entire debt, just flipping two houses. It was crazy. And so the way that I built a coaching company was because in the mortgage business, what was really sad was that because people know me as a investor friendly mortgage agent, all these investors would come to me and they would say, Hey, Sai, man, I need you to help me refinance. I'm like, why? What's going on? Because I paid a coaching company, $30,000, $50,000. And basically they didn't give me any support. Like they told me to put it on credit card at 19.99%. They told me to do this, that, you know, like they sold, they got sold the whole dog and pony show. So I had to refinance all these people to clear up all this debt. And then I started coaching some of them as well. And they went out and they started making money. And then they came back to me and they said, you're crazy. Why aren't you teaching people this? do you know what people out there are charging for this? And you know, like there are people in our group that literally saved four or five years of their life to be in that coaching program. And now they're like in crazy debt. Like, why aren't you teaching people this? And your system was the most easiest one ever to ever follow. And it worked. And so I just sat down one day, you know, when things got slow in the mortgage industry, Hey, right? yeah. like you know we, we had that weird time when it was slow i was like yo man i have a whole team running my whole mortgage operations i'm like i'm so bored right now like what do i do you know <laughs> so i just decided it's great i'm gonna build my uh my own coaching company and i just got it up and running and it was just all because people in my in my past were pushing me to do it
1: yeah that's awesome man congratulations on that that's it's always a good like catalyst for action well boredom is a good one but also just have <laughs> people come around and be like why aren't you doing this? And you're why aren't I doing this? You're, you're so right. So, yeah, that light yeah. bulb.
2: Yeah. And it was just sad to see, man, guys. You know, like, I mean, you guys are mortgage agents. You, you guys see this all the time, right? Like, you look at, it at people's finances and you're just like, yo, man, that, that's, that's pretty sad. Like, you know, somebody just got taken for 30K, 50K, whatever that might be. They didn't know what the hell they were getting into. And where I'm like, yo, why don't we, you just go try it first to see if you even freaking like it before you write a $30,000 check? Like, are you crazy, you know, <laughs> right? Seriously, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. All right, man. Well, you, this has been great and eye-opening because like for me, it's like the vehicle for house flipping is like you have all this cash coming in and it's like I can put that and allocate that towards different things. Like whether you're, you're a client and you're buying these rental properties for the monthly cash flow. Or you're putting it into like ETFs or uh, REITs, whatever the case is, you have that money to allocate towards these different investments to really hit your FI goal. So uh, that's what I love about it. Uh, thanks for stopping by, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate yeah. you guys.
1: And so, before we let you go, where can people find your uh, your coaching? Yeah, that's there? right.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. If you guys don't mind putting the show notes, like put I'll, I'll send you guys links. It's my uh, private Facebook group. Perfect. That's the best place to find me. Uh, you know, don't be shy. Like, shoot me a message on there. Just be like, you know, I'm I'm in your private Facebook group because I listen to you on Tom and Brandon's podcast. Just want to reach out, shoot me a DM. That's the best way to connect with me. Just through DM. And then if you want to set up a call or whatever, I'm always open to, you know, meeting people over Zoom and giving them more information.
1: Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Sai.
2: Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks.